Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. You know, it's been a little messy around here in Central Texas. Who knows where you're listening to the show from? The weather, I'm sure, could be quite different. But on this show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And if you're new to the show, we typically talk about the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And that's going to be no different this week. And, you know, the show focuses on what's happening in the state of Texas on those issues and also in those arenas. But it's no... I mean, you don't have to be a stranger to this show or be new to the show to know that what happens or can impact Texas from outside of the country certainly matters as well. And we know that what happens in Texas can certainly impact the rest of the country. And so we'll often talk about things from a national perspective as well, but always bring it back home to Texas to let you know why it matters to you as a Texan. And look, this is the last weekend for the buildup of our big elections coming up. The election day is November 6th, but early voting starts on Monday. And so we've got a great guest today for a variety of reasons. Uh, Really only need the reason that she was available (laughs) to come on the show. But a lot of great things to cover today. And with our guest today, who is Michelle Bachman. Michelle is a former member of Congress. She also ran for president. She um, represented uh, Congress or in Congress from the great state of Minnesota. She was born in Iowa. We're going to get a little bit into her background and her history. But many of people know her in Texas because when Ted Cruz became a U.S. senator, they started calling him the Michelle Bachman of the Senate. And that's because Congresswoman Bachman, her reputation and her history, known as someone that fights for faith, family, and freedom, and she stands tall. Congresswoman Bachman, thank you for being on our show today. Jonathan, it is a privilege. I love Texas, and I'm glad to be on this show. I also wanted to mention that I'm on the board of directors of the National Family Research Council, which, uh, as you know, is the national organization that deals with faith, family, and freedom. So I'm especially pleased to be able to be on the show with you, and I can't wait to come to Texas later in the month of November to be able to speak at your annual gala. It's going to be so much fun, and I hope a lot of people come and attend your gala because we will have a great time together. Well, we're looking forward to having you. Our staff, our board, and our supporters are so excited that you're going to keynote our gala on November 17th. That's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Go to txvalues.org today and get your tickets so you can meet Michelle Bachman in person and hear her extraordinary and inspiring message that night. And so you are right. You are. Um, we, we kind of, you may not remember this, we kind of barely crossed paths about a month ago. I was in town for the Value Voters Summit. I said hello to Tony Perkins as y'all were leaving the uh, hotel that morning at Value Voter Summit. And so, and, and that's when I was talking with the staff to find out about your recent role at Family Research Council coming on the board. And that is no surprise. When you look at the body of work that you've done, and I want to just set this up for our listeners a little bit. I'm sure many of them are familiar with your role in Congress as you distinguish yourself as a leader, um, really being so part of the conservative Tea Party movement, but then running for Congress, winning one of the, being uh, the first Republican women to win a straw poll in a presidential contest. But many of you, many people don't may not know, you also have a law degree and an LLM. You have your JD from Oral Roberts, your LLM from College of William and Mary. And not only are you and your husband have five children of your own, you're the foster parents, if you will, to, is it 23 children? Is that the right number? Yes. We were, we were privileged to be foster parents to 23 great kids. 
And uh, our biological kids were younger at the time, and we had five of those. So we had a very full house. We had nine kids at a time, four foster children and our five biological. But we just had a, an incredible experience. It was, um, it was a big house and a busy house, but we had so much fun. And now we're on the other side of it. Everyone has grown and gone and launched. And I can truly say that the greatest legacy that my husband and I will ever experience is raising these great kids. And we are so thankful for each one of them. Well, it's truly a gift to be a parent in, in a variety of ways. And, and I have three children of my own. I also had a cousin of mine that lived in my home for a little while when um, I was helping him finish up high school. And so there's no question I think, not that anyone questioned it before, but you live out the pro-life view that you have, not only in the the way you represented the congressional district from Minnesota and as your time running for a presidential candidate, but also in your own life. And, and you know, and, and I'm sure that's important to you. I know with your Christian faith being so strong as well, you look ab- about when people run for office and what they stand for, but I think it's great to see that authenticity as well in people's personal lives. And sometimes it's those things that touch us personally that inspire us to either become pro-life or to live it out more because we, we don't just care about these issues politically and as they matter socially, we care about people. Yeah, no, that is, that's absolutely true. And following that pro-life theme, I don't, I'm not sure if you've seen this movie yet, Jonathan, or if you're audience has seen it, but there's a a new movie out called Gosnell, and it's about uh, a a terrible practice that was going on in Philadelphia, but the movie is absolutely inspiring, and um, every once in a while, it's good to read a book or see a movie or a play or something to remind us why this issue is so important, so Gosnell is the name of the movie, G-O-S-N-E-L-L. Find out if it's near you. It was actually number four last weekend uh, across the whole United States. So the movie is probably still out there. So go see it, support this film. When, when we support films like this, we get more of them and this impacts the culture. So let's, impact the culture for life by going to see a great movie like this. Well, you're absolutely right. And I actually sat in for about half of it. I was, as a father myself, I was running to some kid activities. So unfortunately, I didn't get to stay for the whole thing, but I I wanted to get over there for as much as I could. And something to let, um, to tie in with our listeners, we're very familiar, unfortunately, with this abortion doctor because Texas Values submitted a legal brief, an amicus brief, to the U.S. Supreme Court that included the grand jury indictment documents from Gosnell. We represented some filmmakers that did a documentary a few years ago called 3801 Lancaster, and there was an abortion bill, excuse me, a pro-life bill that related to restrictions on abortions facilities that went up to the U.S. Supreme Court, and it was clinics like Gosnell that were not getting regulated. People were not finding out what was going in there. Women were dying. They were suffering. And so Texas was trying to stop those things happening in Texas. The movie really draws out a lot of this. And even the half of it that I saw with Dean Cain, who people know played Superman for many years and has been in the um, God's Not Dead movies, is one of the faces that you'll recognize. And so I encourage people as well. Michelle, um, Congresswoman Bachman, let's talk too about the foster parent issue. I just, something you may not be aware of, but that we're really proud of. You know, I know you care a lot about the religious liberty issue and uh, traditional marriage. Texas recently passed a law that protects the religious liberty rights of foster care and adoption agencies. And I know that's something that, you know, 
people that are Christian, you see so many of them getting involved in this part of um, our society and how important it is for people of faith to continue to step into that foster parent role. I'm sure that's something that you lived out with your own experience, and it's something we I think we could benefit from seeing more of. Well, yes, and for us, actually, we had never thought about being foster parents before. We were, we were at church one Sunday morning, and I had been working as a federal tax litigation attorney, but my real dream was to be a full-time mom at home with kids. Uh, my husband was finishing his graduate school education. He's a clinical psychologist, and he was just coming to the end of his program. He was about to start his life's work, and I was able to stay home full-time and realize my dream. And when we were at church, we saw another couple, and they had a teenage girl with them who was obviously expecting a baby. And we said, oh, who, who is this girl, and what's her association? And they told us that she's a foster daughter that they have in their home, and they wanted to help her with the birth of her child and also help raise the child. And my husband and I both, at exactly the same time, our hearts broke for this girl and for other other kids in that situation. And we thought to ourselves, you know, if I'm going to stay home anyway with our biological kids, why don't we just bring in more kids? And uh, so that's what we did. We became licensed foster parents, and we started taking kids into our home. They, We ended up not getting one that was an expectant mom, uh, but we got a lot of great kids who I think God just chose for us to be blessed with. And it was truly a great situation, and so many of the other foster parents that we have met along the way have also been believers. And I think that's just because the Holy Spirit breaks our heart for people who are in need as believers. And so we respond to that and try to do what we can. So I want to encourage anyone, foster parenting isn't for everyone, but just open yourself up to different ways that God would have you serve people, maybe in a way that you haven't expected for before. But it is, it is amazing how God puts enough resources on the earth to take care of everyone. If we just open up our eyes and ask him to bless our resources, he multiplies it, and then we can reach out with a heart of love, his heart of love, and try to um, bless people in the way that they need to be blessed. Well, you're absolutely right. And I'm holding up a picture of you uh, just to remind people who we're talking with on our Facebook Live as we're doing the show on radio as well. We're talking w- with Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, former member of Congress from Minnesota. She also ran for president in 2012. She's now on the board of Family Research Council. Many people think of us as kind of a state version of Family Research Council. We don't we don't have our own building yet, but maybe we will someday. Okay. And so, but just give our listeners a context of some of the work that um, Congresswoman Bachman is doing now. Well, I also like to bring the show back to Texas. When we talk to a guest that has a national presence, as you clearly do, in a national following, and, and I'm sure so many people that you've inspired into service as well, being the founder of the Tea Party Caucus in the House yourself. But, you know, I was mentioned to you off air before we started the show, when Ted Cruz first became a U.S. senator, you would hear sometimes people reference him as the Michelle Bachman of the Senate. So, and I would imagine part of that is the two, you and Senator Cruz have a good friendship and relationship. Uh, I would imagine you've seen that he's running for re-election and there's been a lot of talk 
about his race. President Trump is going to be here on Monday in Houston doing a rally for Ted Cruz. Tell us a little bit about your experience with Senator Cruz and why you think he's such a strong U.S. senator. I'm really glad that you asked me that question because I absolutely am a major fan of Senator Ted Cruz. When he won his election the first time, the the first thing I did is contact him and his chief of staff And I asked to have a private meeting with him because I saw in him a tremendous ally on the Senate. And I approached him uh, to talk about a number of issues, but the main one being Obamacare. Obamacare was was the number one reason why I ran for president of the United States. I knew that socialized medicine would smother our economy and would mean less health care for the average American. And the poorest among us would be the ones who actually would be uh, the most severely mistreated by this system. So I met with Senator Cruz. He also is a great champion of repealing all of the egregious aspects of Obamacare. He wants to make sure every American has their own health insurance that is affordable and is designed exactly for what their needs are. I've been impressed with Senator Cruz ever since I met him. He's an extremely intelligent person, as everyone in in Texas certainly knows by now. But he's also a man of conviction, and he's a worker bee. He, in his time in Washington, he has not melted and folded into the ruling class. And I will tell you, that's probably the most disgusting thing Um, that I observed when I was in Washington, how normal people who can get elected by people back home come into Washington, D.C., and they get caught up by all of the money that's in D.C. from lobbyists and the desire to move up to be committee chairs and all the rest. And I guess in the normal language, you'd say that a person is a sellout. I will tell you, from knowing Senator Cruz from the inside, as being another member of the United States Congress, Senator Ted Cruz was never a sellout. He, he, there are so many things that are said about Ted Cruz publicly that are not true. People say that he is not liked. That is not true. He is very well liked. People say he's not respected. He is very well respected. That isn't true. That he, uh, people say, oh, he doesn't know how to compromise. That is not true. He knows how to compromise. He doesn't compromise on his values and core principles, but he knows how to work on legislation and get things done. If we could have 50 Ted Cruz's in the United States Senate, I'm telling you, this nation would move forward like a bullet train um, advancing toward uh, causing our lives to be far better than they are now. When you look at Ted Cruz and what he stands for and what he has done, he is one of the best friends that Donald Trump could possibly have in the U.S. Senate. And I am hoping after this election, when the good people of Texas vote for Ted Cruz and send him back for another six years in Washington, I am hoping that Ted will be a leader in the Senate. I hope his colleagues will see his leadership skills, recognize that, make him a leader because he will work hand-in-hand with Donald Trump to get a lot of these things done, in particular dealing with the border problem that Texas has to deal with. It's not fair. It's the way it is uh, where Texas is located. But I know Ted Cruz wants to ensure that the, that the citizens of Texas are kept safe 
and that they don't have to bear the financial costs of this problem of dealing with illegal immigration. I can't say enough about him. I, I feel very highly about his wife um, and his two daughters. He's an exemplary husband, an exemplary father and family man. And if there is anyone who deserves to be reelected to the U.S. Senate, it's Ted Cruz. He's a man above men. And um, I'm just so proud of Ted. Well, we're talking with Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, served in Congress from 2007 to, to 2015 from the state of Minnesota. She also ran for president in 2012. And I neglected to mention, Mrs. Bachman, that you also served two terms in the Senate, I believe, um, from the state Senate from the state of Minnesota. So a lot that we could talk about in your history, which is quite extraordinary. To your point about Senator Cruz, you know, he and I are are close in age. I think he may be a year or so older than me, but we've been around each other for quite a long time. I've known Ted probably more than 10 years. I remember when he was the solicitor general of our state, which was he was the lawyer that would argue our cases at the U.S. Supreme Court and primarily in federal courts defending Texas laws. And so many of those things he defended were the issues of faith, family, and freedom. They were religious liberty issues. They were issues related to border security. They were things related to faith and family, standing up for marriage between a man and a woman, a whole host of things. Many of those things are the same principles that are stood for at Family Research Council. Before we wrap up our segment um, and, and highlight your role at speaking as our keynote for our gala on November 17th, I want to talk a little bit about your most recent role with Family Research Council and the interactions you're having with our great friend Tony Perkins in that extraordinary organization. Well, I again, as I had said earlier in our conversation, Tony, when, uh, Tony Perkins asked me to join the board of the Family Research Council when I announced that I was going to retire from my, my time in Congress. And I was pleased to do it because of all organizations working in Washington, D.C. on issues that we care about. The premier organization was the Family Research Council. They uh, were such great stewards uh, with the resources that they had. I always like to tell Tony that they punch above their weight. When you consider the, the breadth and depth of issues, how the family is constantly under attack, it is amazing that Family Research Council is able to weigh in as much as they do. They're not a, a, a real well-endowed financially organization. They're supported by wonderful families like those that are listening to you right now on the radio. And uh, Believers have a lot of great organizations to support, like yours, like the Family Research Council. But one thing that we know, this, this really was born out of the heart of Dr. James Dobson from the former Focus on the Family, and he saw that the family was being attacked in Washington, D.C., and in state capitals all across our country, and the family needed to have a voice. The family needed to have representation. That's what I love about your organization. You give Texans a voice in Austin, Texas. So people have a way to speak back to their legislature and say, wait a minute, don't whack the family. Uh, Don't take away my religious freedom rights. And so now there is a voice at the table, both in Austin and various state capitals and in Washington, D.C. And Tony Perkins on a national level is very well respected in the Trump administration he's been able to have probably a greater voice and a greater presence than ever before because 
President Trump, as everyone knows, is a businessman, and he has an open mind and open ears, and he listens to everyone. And I think he recognizes the importance of faith in the United States and how that voice has been ignored and trampled upon. And so today, it's important that your listeners know this, that we have never had a more pro-life president in the United States than Donald Trump. We have never had a more uh, pro-religious liberty president than Donald Trump. What do I mean by that? I mean a president who's done more actively to promote religious liberty, to promote the pro-life cause. He is the most pro-Israel president that the United States has ever had. There's um, Actually, if your listeners put into a Google search engine, put in 219 Trump achievements. 219, 219, 219 Trump achievements, and you will get a document that if you read it, it will blow you away. I, I challenge every one of your listeners to read that document and forward it to everyone that you know, because those achievements were also able to happen because of a voice like Senator Ted Cruz, who has also stood up for these types of achievements, whether it's on the pro-life front, the religious liberty front, or whether it's dealing with uh, helping senior citizens to have better prices on drugs, or all of us to have $9 billion, with a B, $9 billion in savings on drugs, or uh, 4 million new jobs in the United States, 400,000 new manufacturing jobs, new trade deals that we've never seen before. Over 90% of all Americans have paychecks that are higher today than when Donald Trump took office. And that's because of the new tax bill that Senator Ted Cruz was a part of. Uh, On and on it goes. And I just want to encourage all of your listeners again, Jonathan, type into your Google and to your search engine 219-219 Trump achievements and make sure everyone you know forward that to them because the mainstream media has camouflaged the incredible story of America's turnaround under Donald Trump. Well, he really has made America great again. I mean, there's and it's a long list. And you think about the connection that Family Research Council has had with the relationships in Washington, D.C. You know, it's a lot of the impact we try to have at the state level. I use this phrase. I didn't make it up. Someone else said it. And I thought it was great. Government belongs to those who show up. And that's what Family Research Council does. That's what our organization does. It takes a lot of effort. I mean, it takes a lot of resources and commitment to have your building as close to the Capitol as Family Research Council does. Our office for Texas Values is two blocks from our state capitol. You know, we do work across the state, but so much of it is focused on what happens in these state office buildings and at our state capitol. And so there's an importance to that. Okay, so I want to bring it even closer back to Texas, Mrs. Bachman. When is the last time you traveled to Texas? Oh, gosh, I think I was there. It's been within the last two or three weeks. Okay, good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I would say it's in the last two or been I've been on the road speaking and traveling, and I was just there in Dallas, and I was speaking, and I was speaking in Houston. So I've been there quite a bit. But I would say 
two weeks ago I that's, was speaking in Dallas. That's impressive. I know that Family Research Council has a bus tour that's going to be hitting Texas uh, in a week or so. We're going to be there at a Houston and Dallas event that Family Research Council is being involved in. And then, and you may be here before then, but the next time we know Michelle Bachman is coming to Texas is on November 17th when she is going to be the keynote speaker for the Texas Values Gala. You don't want to miss it. Go to txvalues.org. Get your tickets today. You can hear uh, Congresswoman Bachman speak in person. If you come to our VIP reception, you can get a chance to meet her in person and get a photo for her. Congresswoman Bachman, we are so thankful that you were able to be a guest today on our show, The Texas Values Report. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. I love what you and your organization is doing. I love the people of Texas, and we are going to have a great night. So I hope people make sure, here's the checklist now, make sure you call, get your tickets. We'll be together and have a wonderful night, the night of the Texas Gala. Also, remember, download 219 Trump achievements and share it with everybody you can. And go see the new Gosnell movie. That'll be one thing that you can do for the pro-life cause and invite some people to come with you to see that, too. Amen. Well, we will continue to pray for you that you have safe travel. And thank you so much for being a guest. And we look forward to seeing you on November 17th. I can't wait. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Right. Well, that was great stuff. Great to have Michelle Bachman on our show. Congresswoman Bachman has, I'm sure, a very active schedule. She speaks at a lot of events. She continues to have a very compelling and strong voice. She's a sought after speaker. And what a wealth of knowledge that she has. You know, uh, we talked before the show started about a couple of topics that we were going to discuss. And she got into so much more because that's the range that she has. And we're really grateful for her time. And as you heard me say, I'll say it again, she is going to be the keynote speaker for our gala on November 17th. That's the Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala. Go to txvalues.org. Get your tickets today. We're already selling a lot of tickets. We're less than 30 days away. This event, it's an annual event, sells out every year. So you don't want to be left out in the cold, I guess. Okay, that night, it's a Saturday night, so you're going to have a little bit more flexible time on Saturday. It's going to be a wonderful evening. The Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala. Go to txvalues.org. Get your tickets today. I'm out of time. There were some things that happened this week I'm going to have to cover next week. Don't forget to start voting, okay? Early voting starts on Monday. Go to our website, txvalues.org. You can also go to freevotersguide.org to get election information. Early voting starts this Monday. Talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.